1: Hi, everyone, this is Jessica Chen, and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth. It's possible. And I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Today's episode is The Go Giver Way, and I'm interviewing the author of the book, The Go Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea, Bob Berg. We're going to be talking about how we can get into that mindset of giving and not being afraid that People are going to take advantage of us. But instead, it's when we give that we can unlock the biggest opportunities at work. So if you're ready, let's get into it. Welcome, Bob.
0: Hello, Jessica. So great to be with you. Finally, I've been looking forward to this for a long time.
1: I'm so thrilled you're here. So I know I just did a quick intro of who you are, Bob, but there's so much more I can say. But for those of you who aren't sure or who don't know, please tell folks who you are and tell us about the work that you do.
0: Oh, I think you did a great job with the introduction. I'm, a, I'm actually a former broadcaster and who, who graduated into sales uh, many, many years ago, about 40 years ago now, and really enjoyed learning about sales, especially the personal development aspect. And uh, as I made my way along in the sales um, uh, profession, if you will, uh, I began teaching others what worked for me, which I had learned from others, of course. And from there, just uh, began teaching it and have have had a a very fun career for uh, 30 plus years.
1: Yeah. And I know I see David here. He's talking about your latest book, Streetwise to Saleswise. David, good.
0: He's a great guy.
1: Which we can also talk about in just a little bit. But you know what? Let's just get started, uh, Bob. So, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is so, for the folks who are watching, who are listening, you know, like I said, these can be folks who you might have been working. Let us know if you've been working, you know, for years now or you're just starting. But, you know, when you guide folks and when you go out and speak and you're, you know, talking about finding career success, right? Whatever that means, Mm -hmm. you know, What is something that you encourage folks to to think about when they are, you know, out working, which oftentimes it can be very easy to feel like you're just kind of going this on this like everyday grind of like, am I making a difference? Am I making an impact? But in your your mind, Bob, like how should folks think about their jobs and finding that career success?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think it's very helpful when you really believe in what you do. Certainly, when you love what you do and you feel you're bringing value, you know, as human beings, an aspect of human nature is that we want to feel as though we're something we're part of something bigger than ourselves, that we're making a difference, that we're adding value to life. Uh, and one of the ways we do that as entrepreneurs and salespeople, as business people, is through our uh, through our jobs, through our careers. I, I think the big thing, um, Jessica, is really where you place your focus. And this is what John David Mann and I. Uh, would, would call the premise of, of being a go-giver, if you will, and that is shifting your focus. And this is key, this is where it begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. But not for any kind of, you know, woo-woo, way out there, magical, mystical type of reasons. Not at all. It's actually very rational, very logical. When you're that person who can Take your focus off of yourself and instead place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire. People feel good about you. Actually, they feel great about you. They wanna get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They wanna be in relationship with you. They wanna do business with you. They wanna tell the world about you or or be what, what John and I call your personal walking ambassadors. And when you build a business that way, it's actually, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot less stressful and it's a lot more profitable.
1: Why do you think though, it's so hard for people to always remember that. And I don't know if it's because of the way organizations are organized or how it's always based on, let's say for example, you know, competition, but you know, I think the go giver, because that is the message. You're having folks think about it that way. But is it a human nature thing to want to think the opposite, where it's thinking maybe is it that scarcity mindset? And I know for a lot of folks that we work here at Soulcast Media, a lot of times when we work with folks, they always talk about the things that they are afraid to lose. Sure. Right. Why do you think that is?
0: Well, that's human nature as well. And that's that's baked into us, into our DNA as part of our, our cave person ancestors survival. Right. And because every day was literally not not figuratively, literally a matter of survival. Could you make it through the day? So had certain things had to to happen. So basically our brain has developed as a protectionary uh, mechanism. Right. And so when everything's about protecting us, well, we live in scarcity. So uh, so that's why we need to really, in a sense, retrain our brains, because we grow up, we live life. Uh, you know, uh, through a set of beliefs uh, that you know that through a, what what we call our our belief system, what I call our unconscious operating system
1: mm-hmm. and
0: these are ideas that are handed to us from the world around us before we're ever old enough to be able to to even think about whether these are right or wrong, productive, counterproductive serving or non-serving right And so it's a combination of upbringing environment schooling news media television Mm -hmm. movies popular culture cultural mores but from the time we're little more than toddlers we have a a basic belief about the world and a lot of times it's a it it, it's one that's not abundance it's it's lack. okay and um so if we grow up that way we don't know anything different We don't know anything different, right? So that's just how we we live, and that's why it's so important to be able to get, you know, take the unconscious and make it conscious. Start to learn about what life really is about. That that it's a big, expansive universe. That there's Mm -hmm. enough for everyone. There's plenty of prosperity. Yet, what are the messages we receive from the world around us daily? These anti-prosperity, anti-business, anti-this, right? And so it's a matter of not necessarily uh, buying into the visible. Uh, but instead making your decision as to how you're going to live life. And fortunately, there's a whole lot of great information out there and, uh, that, you know, is all for us to be able to, you know, to, to, to learn from.
1: Absolutely. And you know, what I love about what you're saying is it actually reminds me of, so one of the things that I always talk about is, you know, so for me, many of you are familiar with my story, but if not. You know, I'm always open to talking about it. But you know, when I started working, communications was not something that I was comfortable with. And part of the reason why communicating and speaking up in meetings was so hard for me was because of a lot of those influences that you, you're talking about right now, like sure. cultural influences and even like childhood influences. Like it was never growing up in my home. My parents were never like, oh, Jessica, you have to speak up. You have to advocate for yourself. A lot of the times it was this scarcity mentality of, you know what, just kind of keep your head down, be humble, like don't boast, don't draw attention to yourself. And it's funny because like when you go out into the working world, you realize that, yeah, you know, speaking up, whether it's for yourself or whether it's to help others, it is very important. And I can't even tell you when I first started my career in journalism, you know, how many opportunities that I lost myself because I had so much trouble switching my mindset to thinking, Proactive communications, right. not necessarily reactive communications, right? But it takes time. So, so Bob, I have to ask you, you know, when it comes to getting people to believe this message, right? Because they, I'm sure there'll be people, skeptics and critics, and be like, well, Bob, well, if we just give all the time, won't people just take everything? So, how do you encourage folks to not think of it that way? And and why does that actually connect to Career success, abundance.
0: Yeah. So, so let's look at a couple of things because you asked some, some wonderful questions. So, so the first one is kind of, well, Bob, if you're, you know, doing this go giver thing, I mean, aren't you going to be taken advantage of? And so, first, I think it's very, very important to understand that there's absolutely nothing about being a go giver that is congruent with being. Anyone's doormat or a martyr or self sacrificial or being taken advantage of. Now, can you, could you be taken advantage of? Well, sure, anybody can be taken advantage of. And the fact is, in life, it's going to happen sometimes unless we never leave the house. And in that case, we'll never get anything done either. So, but, but if you are not you, but if one is a person who finds themselves in a pattern, of being taken advantage of. Again, this is happening all the time, constantly, okay? Then what they need to realize that it's, it's, not, it's not because they're nice or because they're a giving person that they're being taken advantage of all the time. It's because they are doing things in a certain way that is creating the environment for people who would take advantage of others to take advantage of them. Okay. And so, and again, it's, oh, this is always on an unconscious level. Nobody wakes up and consciously says, Hey, I wonder who I can find to take advantage of me today. Yeah. Right. That doesn't happen. But if we feel inside, uh, again, it's the unconscious and that's the part that rules that we either, uh, deserve to be taken advantage of, uh, or there's a certain payoff to it, yeah. such as maybe an excuse for not being successful. Well, I would be, but I'm already always taken advantage of, or someone who wants that kind of attention. Oh, poor so-and-so, they're such a giver, and they're always being taken. And again, I'm not saying that's anyone. Anyway. I'm saying there's all sorts of reasons why people do things, but there's always a payoff to any behavior, even if that payoff is unconscious. So the first thing, if if someone does feel that describes them, that they're constantly being taken advantage mm-hmm. of, uh, well, first, congratulations for recognizing it, because it's only when you make the unconscious conscious that you're even in a position to be able to do something about it. Yep. Otherwise you can go through your entire life with this happening and you never know why. Yep. You just think it's bad luck, right? And so, uh, and then it's, it's doing the work. It's asking yourselves the question, it's checking your premises and asking, okay, why is this happening? on an ongoing right you know what i'm saying so so you know that's how you want to approach it and and do the work find the information and 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 work on it um but as far as being a go-giver there's nothing about it that would cause you to be taken advantage of what being a go-giver really means is you recognize that to to the degree that you are able to provide value or give value to the marketplace that's the degree that people are going to feel much more comfortable and desirous of doing business with you it certainly doesn't mean you you don't respect your boundaries.
1: I love that. And I think what you're saying is it's the it's the action of giving that as an individual, you yourself, you enjoy it so much because you know you're providing value that in some ways you're not even thinking about, oh, are people taking advantage of me? It's more of like I actually want to give right? I actually want to give people this because I'm so passionate about it, or I know it can help others so much. Now, I feel like this principle, and by the way, I don't know if anybody here manages a team. Is it a small team or a big team? Let us know. But if you manage a team, how can you encourage folks on your team, whether you are in sales or, or anything, how can you encourage your team to also adopt this mindset? Because I imagine if everybody else on the team thinks this way, it can help elevate everybody else. What would you say about that?
0: Well, it 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 would sure when people have this mindset. So so it, you know. But what about the question? You know, well, Bob, this go giver stuff, focusing on others, focusing on bringing value to others, that's great. When I don't need the money, then I'll do that. But right now, I need the money. I've got to think of the money and go at right. So I you know I take people through an exercise um, to you know to help to, to understand the, the, the actual issue. So let's say for example, uh, Jessica, that you are the prospective buyer and I'm the seller and we're in a sales conversation. Okay. And so, yeah, I, I need the money. I need to get your money. I need to make this sale. I need to make this happen. Right. So, so, you know, I might ask you some questions to, to do some discovery, but I'm not really listening because I care I'm more listening because, well, I know that's part of the process and maybe I can learn something that can help me sharp angle you into a close so that you buy from me, right? And and, uh, when you have uh, an objection, um uh, i'm i'm kind of a little defensive because this objection of yours is standing in the way of my money that i need and so yeah i answer the question but i don't really go into detail uh maybe i i answer just on the surface level and give that rehearsed answer to an objection fine um i'm i'm closing early and i'm closing the sale often because while well, i need the money now at the end of the sales presentation at the end of our sales conversation, are you more likely or less likely to wanna buy from me? And probably less likely uh, because you don't feel good about the experience, you know that I'm thinking about myself and the money, not about providing value to you, okay? Mm -hmm. So I was totally thinking of myself, self-absorbed, and the sale didn't happen. Now, let's take the same situation. You are the prospect, prospective customer, and I'm the salesperson. And I still need the money and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to do something different now. Because first, here's what I'm going to understand first. That nobody is ever going to buy from you or from me or from anyone else because we need the money. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. not how things work. That's not human nature. People buy from us because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Mm -hmm. So it behooves me as the salesperson, whether I need the money or not, to take my focus off myself and place it on you. Does that make sense? Okay. So now I'm going to ask you, because so what I'm going to do is, is I am going to suspend my self-interest. I'm not going to deny it. I'm a Mm -hmm. human being. We got to live in truth. And we understand that as human beings, we are self-interested, but we also know that that's not why you're going to buy for Mm -hmm. my self-interest. So I'm going to suspend. I'm going to put my self-interest totally to the side. And I'm going to now, I'm going to focus on you. And I'm going to make this a value-based experience for you. So I'm going to ask you questions, only now I'm really listening to your answers. And I'm listening because I want to know what it is you need, what you want, what you desire. I want to know what problems you have that I can help solve through my product or service. I want to know how you utilizing my product or service will add to your happiness okay so i'm going to ask questions that draw this out i'm also going to understand that that because we come from different sets of beliefs and we i don't really know, i'm not going to assume that i understand exactly what you mean by what you sent said and that what you meant is what i understood because i don't know that so i'm going to gently and tactfully and empathetically ask questions to draw that out and make sure only at the point that I know, that I know what you need, want, or desire, am I gonna connect the benefits of my product or service with those needs, wants, and desires. When you have an objection, not only am I not gonna resent it or be defensive, I am going to welcome it. I'm gonna assure you that it's a uh, that it's a very legitimate question. And rather than just try to answer the surface objection, we're gonna work together and go and discover what the actual root of the issue truly is, and then work together as partners to, in order to advance the situation. Now, by the time I ask you to to, to take action and buy from me, okay, are you more likely or less likely to want to do so? And the answer is probably more so. First, because we've been able to see how you're going to benefit. But you also know in your heart that I have your well-being at forefront. And, and what happens is that, that you know, it's it, someone who doesn't really understand the reason to operate as a go-giver. In turn, so you can say, even if it's in your, just realize it's in your self-interest to place the customer's interest first. But here's what's going to happen. Not only when they start doing this are they going to be much more successful. They're gonna love the process and they're gonna love the fact that they get to really take care of people that they get to truly authentically add value to the lives of their customers and that's when it really hits
1: i love that and i will say everything that you just shared of putting the other person first truly listening and then you know you can understand oh that is what they're looking for. That is how they're feeling. I think, you know, regardless of whether we're in sales or not, I mean, sometimes in some ways, I feel like all of us are in sales in in some indirect way or direct Absolutely way, sure right?
0: Mm-hmm. Whether
1: it's selling ourselves or selling our idea. It is. But- our
0: philosophies are. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So in some ways, I know sometimes people are like, I'm not in sale. This is not relevant to me. But in many ways, communications, communicating your idea is selling your idea, whether it's to motivate or persuade Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. So I will say, you know, whether we are managing people or not. It's thinking about, and this is even encouraging other people on your team. If you do manage people, it's like, mm-hmm. how can you always keep in mind that you got to prioritize other people? And you said it best. It's not it's not thinking any less of ourselves. It's really putting other people first so we can really understand their pain points. Then we know exactly what to say. So it'll really resonate with them because- we know the worst kind of communications is communicating to to somebody who isn't listening. A person really truly listens because they feel like the person understands, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. That's the thing. And I think, you know, if there's anything that I would hope everybody takes away is, you know, in many ways, communications and being a go-giver are similar. In order to be an sure. effective communicator, you got to be able to put other people first Absolutely. because- How many of us here have been in conversation where we feel like we're saying something, but people aren't actually hearing us? It is very disheartening. And for many of us, we just shut down. But if you had a manager who, like what you're saying, Bob, really listens, how much better is the morale, right? Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, you know, and as a communication authority, which you are, you know, that's what you teach. (laughs) <laughs> right? And, you know, you've got to be able to make that connection. You've got to be able to connect on a heart to heart level with that other person. And it's, it's in the communication process, as you know, it's, it's less about what you say than about the feelings you're able to transmit. And that happens because your focus is on that other person and you're, you're thinking about them. You know, it's a, uh, it's like that. Uh, I remember when I was first in sales, Uh, And I was doing a lot of telephone prospecting. And one of the things I learned very early is that nobody ever hung up the phone on me while they were talking, you know, it was an amazing thing. If I'm talking about myself and my fantastic products and services, they're not interested. If they're talking about themselves, they are totally engaged and they're much more likely, you know, it's that old, if you've ever been in a conversation with someone who let you do practically all the talking, didn't you kind of come away and say, you you saying to yourself, wow, what a fascinating conversationalist that person is. And again, that's communication. Uh, It's just, you know, it's just how, like you said earlier, how you frame it and then how you, you know, how you make it happen.
1: I think there's, I've read this once that there's a ratio of, if we're talking about sales specifically, that a person should only be talking 30% of the time, the other person, the prospective client should be talking 70% of the time. Because if that's the ratio, the other person will think, yeah, this was a great conversation. I feel like they really heard me. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. You know, i all sorts of percentages in the big in the big but the big lesson is yeah they should be doing mo- most of the talking and we should be doing most of the listening
1: absolutely so one of the, the last questions i really want to get to is and this is something that Chantel is asking it's about burnout right and it's like when you constantly are putting other people first it's it's easy for you to maybe neglect your needs do you ever see that, Bob? Or like, how does one kind of go about this to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, but still taking care of others as well?
0: Yeah, so Chantel, great question. And here's what it comes down to. Remember of the five laws of the go-giver, there's, there's laws of value, compensation, influence, and authenticity. And those are four as far as they're proactively, the value you're giving and how many lives you're touching and impacting. Law number five is the law of receptivity. Right. And this says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And what it really means is this okay, it's understanding that, yeah, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other, right? It's both. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out, which is giving, you breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in tandem. If you were to just breathe out, you'd never survive. You'd never thrive. You've got to do both. So no, you don't remember. There's nothing about being a go-giver that's self-sacrificial. Okay? It's it's just that you operate in such a way that you're always focused on the value you're providing others, understanding that everything you're doing is for for everyone to rise.
1: So, before we wrap up here, I want to I want to just quickly talk about your newest book that came out. Uh. And for those of you who are not familiar with that book, can you tell folks like what is this book about and is it really only relevant for folks in sales <laughs> or could it be for anybody? who
0: wants to elevate. Yeah. Well, it is a, sale, a sales parable. It's it's called Streetwise to Saleswise Become Objection Proof and Beat the Sales Blues and blues kind of having a double meaning because it's the story is set in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh home of the blues and so I I co-wrote this with my great friend Jeff uh, West and um so it's a a story about a a guy who's kind of a Uh, Good kid, but he kind of has a big mouth and he ends up talking himself into being fired, (laughs) loses his job and ends up getting a job in sales, which he's totally unprepared for. And and it's a story of growth. Uh, And uh, there's also a a wonderful musician that who he meets a street busker who is just wonderful. And and, uh, you know, it's ostensibly about selling the sales process, being able to work effectively with an objections but it's really a story about life, about friendship, about communication. It's about leadership, and it's about just being a good, effective human being. And uh, people can read the first two chapters or listen to the first two chapters at streetwise to saleswisecom
1: I love that. And, you know, I feel like a message like that, just a reminder of just how to be a good human being, is something that we can never mm-hmm. hear enough of. And I'm always about learning how to be better myself leadership and like you said it communications which is what we love okay so for those who want to follow you and find you and maybe heck maybe they have more questions for you bob how can they get connected with you
0: yeah the best place to go is burg b u r g.com uh, and if you go there, you can uh, uh, read a couple chapters of any of any of the books in the series. But uh, also you can subscribe to my daily impact email, which is a Monday through Friday morning email I sent out uh, to engage and inspire and have fun with. So uh, sign up for that if you'd like. And uh, yeah, basically we have a whole bunch of resources there at uh, burgburg.com.
1: I love it. So for all of you who joined, I, like I said, this session was going to go by fast. It was an exciting session, Bob. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you so much for being here and for sharing your knowledge with all of us. Thank so with that, take care, everybody. And just so you all know, we host these about every other week or so. So if you want to, you know, get in touch and learn about our upcoming events, go to our website, soulcastmedia.com, because that's also how we stay in contact with you too. So with that, Bob, thank you for your time. And thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed the session. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired to begin improving your communications confidence, well, we'd love to help. Join our monthly communications membership where I teach a brand new communications workshop every single month. Or become a VIP member to access our best communications articles for life. Or maybe get one-on-one coaching with one of our board of communicators. We offer so many ways for you to learn and it's all housed on our website, soulcastmedia.com. Check it out and happy communicating.